Hey everybody, welcome to the 1947 Rise podcast. A podcast that helps India-born US trained Indians get integrated into the Indian technology ecosystem and inspires them to move back to India to build massive tech companies and or help enable the tech ecosystem. We do this by interviewing India-born US trained Indians who have moved back to India and built massive tech companies themselves and or helped enable the tech ecosystem. Perfect. Mukund, welcome to the show. Thanks thanks Shiva, thanks for having me here. Uh Mukund, we'll dive right into it. Uh walk us through your journey you know from growing up in india then moving to the us and then moving back to india yeah uh it's a long one i think i have some gray hair if you look at me uh so i think as most uh, most of us go fairly a small town boy um mostly grew up in in south a uh, lot part of it was also in chennai did my engineering like most of us uh, from rc trichy then i think the first break happened which is i i joined itc which is not the first uh, or the most usual companies you end up joining uh, that was phenomenal so I, i i traveled through india most of the time i lived in i think 10 cities in the six six odd years i was with itc post itc i was i, I went to the us to do my um, masters then worked in consulting for around 3 years uh, with bcg then moved back uh, in 2014 uh when when shiba and me were expecting our twins and, and i think we were in the middle of it when we moved back and then post that i have been with zomato for almost 3 years and now with uh, uh, urban company for almost 3 years so that's that is the short snippet yeah and i'm also a dad of twins i have a boy and a girl who are 7 uh, year old uh, so it's not just work these days there's a fair bit of time which goes uh, with the kids Yeah, congratulations on that, Mukund. <clears throat> so, while you were making your move back to India, what was your thought process like? So, in our case, I think if we didn't have a lot of time, uh, I, I think we realized we are expecting. Uh, we always, uh, Shiba and me, always wanted to come back to India. I think that was clear in our heads. Not, not from anything else. I think we, we, we both were. I think I'm the only uh, son, so I've always wanted to be close to my parents. Uh, same with Shiba. So, we, we wanted to be. closer to home and be with our parents i think to start with and and then of course so it was a matter for us of time so much uh, and i think most of us think that way when i think we go to us we all say we will come back at some time uh, i think for us the trigger was that we were expecting and then we were like okay we don't do this now it's going to be minimum another 3 to 4 years because you can't move around when when kids are exceptionally young uh, and we knew we were having twins uh, so we said this is this is going to be a time where we de- need to decide so i think we moved very fast because of that so in the, like 3 months i had to figure it out and and move back uh, so yeah some of it was i think urgency created by by the timing but otherwise we were also mentally clear that we wanted to come back uh, so i think the two just happened faster got it for you it was pretty much you knew that you were going to come back it was uh, mostly about the timing and then it was purely mostly a, a personal uh, reason as well um how did zomato uh, come about and and then later uh, urban company i think both were friends uh, i think uh, i've realized the, the only thing which works is referral especially uh, friends and family uh, so the toshit brara very good friend of mine 
Uh, we worked together at ITC, and then he was at, in fact, at PCG for a period of time. He was with Zomato right before me. Uh, so when I started to think about uh, uh, joining the startup ecosystem, I think I was just trying to speak to people to just understand because I had zero clue as to what I was getting into. Um, so I think Toshit was, of course, one of them. And then there were a few other folks I spoke who were, who were in the weeds so that you get a feel for what it takes. Um, and of course, that conversation quickly led to Toshit saying, there are a few things we're looking at. Why don't you talk? And 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 I didn't understand how startups work at that time. So I, I thought it's just a casual coffee and I go into Zomato on a Friday evening. And I think, and, and then I was just quickly rushed in to meet Dipinder. So I, I was not mentally prepared. I was not even thinking that this is anything more than a coffee. And I think I walked out with an offer. So I, I think it, it did move very fast than what I would have expected. Uh, so that's how it happened. Uh, same with uh, Urban Company. Uh, Vamsi is a good friend of mine who sits, who's part of Zomato's uh, investor list. Uh, he's also an investor at uh, Urban Company. In fact, a good friend of the founders as well. Uh, so he, we got, we got to know each other well. We were good friends. Um, so when I was thinking next, he obviously said, "Why don't you at least talk to these folks?" Uh, and of course, I'm sure he did the same on both the sides. Uh, so I, I think that 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 I think that credibility when somebody else gives you that uh, stamp of uh, recognition, I think it really helps. Uh, so for me, at least both were friends and family at this moment. So true. Uh, in fact, I think, uh, so I, I follow this guy a lot. His name is Derek Severs. I think we talked about him. And and one of the blog posts, uh, he talked about, you know, the best opportunity that comes uh, to you are usually through your friends. Uh, and, and friends is, again, like it's, it's, it's you know, in other words, it's trust. Uh, and Mukun, where are we today? Uh, uh, you're you're currently at Zomat, uh at uh, Urban Company. Uh, would like to know more about that. Yeah, so I I've been with Urban Company for three plus years now. Um, I, I look at some part of the business at this point in time, which is the beauty side of the business. I and I look at the product side of the business, which is where we sell products to uh, partners as well, and a few other things. So it, it's been fun. I think. Uh, I've enjoyed building businesses. That's what keeps me going. Uh, I, I, I am an adrenaline junkie. I, I'm a CrossFitter. Uh, I don't like to only think. That's not where I get energy from. I cannot get energy when I have to move things uh, and keep it moving. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I think. So, I also found a role which kind of plays on that strength. I mean, we are an ops-heavy business. It takes a fair bit of uh, operational muscle to kind of build and scale the business. So, I think... Strength-wise, it was a good overlap, which is I think it's good to know because I think I did know did not know myself that well. Uh, I think when I took the first job, I think it just helped that I was good at operations and at Zomato it helped. But I think in this case, I was conscious that what did I enjoy, what was I good at, and and I knew that there is a reasonably good overlap in terms of what I'm good at and what QC uh, needed at that time. Um, so yeah, it's been a blast. We've been scaling quite well. It's a very tough business to scale. Uh, trying to standardize services, uh, like getting a haircut and making it consistent is sounds easy, but then it's just making it happen. These simple things just take a lot of effort. Uh, so it's been fun. And I think that's what keeps me going. And I think uh, you guys are doing an amazing job. Like I keep seeing you know, your users raving about Urban Company on Twitter. I, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. On your fitness side, you know, uh, I will definitely get you into tennis at some point. I'll, I'll keep bugging you. Uh, but on the professional side, uh, Mukund, 
you know, look, uh, there's no overnight success. Uh, you know, it takes years and years uh, to to get good at something or build something, uh, you know, which is meaningful. Uh, were there times, you know, it could be Zomato, it could be Urban Company, where you or, you know, uh, as a team thought, you know, this could be it? Like, how do we uh, navigate through it now? No, I think you would be lying if you've not had the doubts too many times in life. I, I think, especially in startups, I think you go through that more often than not. Uh, I, I, in fact, tell people it's more drama in startups than anything else. Uh, yeah, at Zomato, I think at many times I felt I am overwhelmed and I'm not ready to handle this kind of complexity because I've never been there, done it, and suddenly the business is scaling at a pace where you know at many a times you are the bottleneck. And that puts tremendous pressure on um, yourself. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think we can go deeper into a few of them, but many a times, and especially at Zomato, I think at that, I think, I think it was the first time I didn't know what to expect. I, I also didn't understand what it takes to pace up at this level. Um, and, and so it was a very scary journey. And, and I think at many nights, I, was, I did question saying, am I the right guy for this job? Yep. Um and uh what are your favorite stories at at working you know it could be zomato it could be uh, urban company yeah maybe I, i'll give two because it, i think it's good to give flavor of things as to what it is uh so one is from zomato i think um so this is like six months into zomato uh exceptionally new we were like trying to do a bunch of stuff and like trying to see how to get growth going so one weekend we said okay it's independence day let's run some discounts and see what happens everybody seems to be running some discounts and so we run it and then quickly in like two hours, I get all these calls from my team saying there are these orders getting placed for a lakh or two lakhs because we put 50% off and we didn't put any cap and we didn't realize a lot of things we had to fix before we do something like this. So we were just getting game possibly from uh, some small set of merchants. And, and then I, I just panicked. I thought I'm going to lose my job today. And then so uh, frantically, I called DP saying, dude, what do I do? Like th there's this thing happening. I I'm not sure I can control this. He was like, don't worry, let's run the day. I catch all of these re restaurants which are flagging. Let's call them up and tell them saying, we know what you're doing. Don't do this. And then it was very calm. We handled it. Next four days, we fixed all the bugs and we moved on in life. And the reason I'm using this is it's just bias for action. Right? Like People have to get comfortable when you get into, especially this ecosystem, just to get comfortable with moving things fast and, and really know that it is okay to break. Of course, there are a few decisions you have to be way more careful, but a lot of decisions are actually things which you can come back to. So this is one of them. I think that was great. I think you see stories are a lot more about customer obsession because you all talk about it, but sometimes you have to make it real. Like we had, I think, launched our men's grooming category like right before this uh, the first wave and say somewhere towards the end of 2019. That's the first time I realized the level of nitty-gritty you need to go to to kind of land great experience. It, it, you can't just speak about it. Like and it's not culture. It's like we leave it to certain esoteric levels, but we had to literally go and micromanage every step of the process, starting from how wide should be the sheet so that the hair doesn't fall when you cut, how, 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 what should be the height of the mirror so that the eye level is actually right, what's the right uh, spec of everything which goes into the service. So we have to almost like determine 100 odd things which go right to get the service. And I'm sure we have to still iterate a lot after that. So just to, to some of these things, it's a lot, it's simple things, but you have to really get into the weeds and get it right. So and that's all our jobs are. It's not exceptionally strategic and like some long-term thinking. And like about having 
certain priorities right but then really getting into the weeds and and, and getting some of these things uh, going yeah hope hope that story was good <laughs> love it love it uh, you know it's it's really it's all about the journey uh, you know the, the things go along the journey and uh, no brainer you know indian technology ecosystem is just booming uh, a lot of people have been you know pinging they've been uh, reaching out to people they've been thinking about moving back to india and you moved back to india back in 2014 and today we are in 2021 and you know india is a lot different than what it was back in 2014 uh, uh, if if you were to move back uh, to india today mukund what would you work on so i think let me answer the question slightly differently i think when i moved back it was still a thesis that startup ecosystem will boom and 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 we will have uh, great companies getting built just put put some pers- numbers in perspective right and, and we'll give some approximations so I'm, i'm not an expert here i think the 2010 the combined market cap of the top 100 tech companies in india not id services because they were already massive but firstly there were very few in 2010 this would have been nokri and flipkart maybe and and, and a few others um, was 1 billion dollars it it was 1 billion dollars around about that mark uh 2014 i think it would have been like maybe 10 i don't remember but somewhere in the ballpark uh 2020 that number was 100 and 2021 that number is going close to 200 uh so the compounding is really happening with time i think sometimes the human mind can only see linear trends uh and and we will extrapolate 2 years 3 years but when you actually play a 10 year game 15 year game and which has happened in the last 10 years it shows the craziness and that and the and the cool part is the combined market cap of all the 100 in india private companies is still less than some of the large companies in china so it's not even like we've kind of it's still tip of the iceberg right i mean alibaba alone would be many multiples of this so i think that's first something you have to recognize so i don't think so i i always look at choices as in three different forms right so firstly is choosing where to play so if you're playing in this and if you decided to play for 10 years 15 years you will not get it right possibly once or twice but then if you play long enough you should do well you are putting odds in your favor um, so i would put the choice to india the most important choice on startup the second most important the company almost is important but it's like in the grand scheme of things the first two are way more important than the third uh, so when you think about the sequencing i think this sequencing is important people kind of get to the third point right away and say which company i think that's too micro and that's difficult to get, get to know If you get the first two right and you're convinced in your head why it's the right decision, the third one is kind of you're okay saying okay I'll play this game two three times and I will get it right. Um, so being open to that I think is, is is fairly important. Not sure I answered your question, Shiva. You should you should double click that one. No, it's 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 an excellent uh, framework uh, to have have in mind if you're thinking about India. Again, it's India is a long term play and you and you put it rightly that you know it's compounding right. and and it's still early uh, you know that's what abhinav of oya said as well uh, you know it tech ecosystem cycle goes through about you know 30 to 40 years we are just into you know the second decade so there's a long way to go and and you have to have i would say you know focus on systems versus goals systems yeah. meaning you know if you're doing something uh, even if you fail but you're still improving uh, you know towards your overall vision and mukund what's something that you learned in the us and and you brought it back with you uh, that you think in the hindsight was valuable no i think bunch of stuff but i think if i have to put two together uh, two of them I, i think before us i was fairly unidimensional i was this 
very analytical left brained person who thought there is one answer to all problems uh, or there is a finite answer so it's like you, you you always have this view that it's a deterministic world you can mathematically figure out the answer i think us teaches both in terms of how they teach the class and even the companies i've worked with there they are very very open and fluid and and, and i think the mindset is to solve for the system and not the outcome uh so so even the way they teach you to way i think in many boardrooms i think the discussions happen there is a lot of discussion on inputs and outputs and i think hopefully india also i think we will mature with time as as all of us grow old i i think that was a key learning for me in my head i think simple example i think there was this ops class i think for second or third semester at at at, at b school and i thought i'm like this guy who gets ops and i was like and there was like a live simulation of 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 like Kind of trying to simulate a supply chain, and I thought like I know it all, and like I'll crack this stuff. And then we came fifth. I was like, what just happened? And then I realized there were like so many ways to optimize this that there is no mathematically right answer because in real world there is like there is just so much ambiguity, right? And it was a real life simulation, so you could take very different decisions on how you started, and and the outcomes could be very different. So I think that put me in perspective when it drops humility, saying, dude, like. there are many ways to skin the cat so you have to play you have to like be open to a lot of things and then also like it opens your mind saying don't get too deterministic majority of the big impact will happen when you take very intuitive calls and i think us teaches that that i think framing quite a bit compared to i think to some extent india um second is i think just there are people from all walks of life i think india is this standard thing of engineer with some mba and then and then possibly consulting i think and there's a little bit of a kind of level of diversity at least in background is slightly i think it's getting better now but i think it, it is reasonably limited it, sitting in the us and you see a guy who's just come from israel who's like who's been with, with their armed forces or like a sportsman who's played at, at an olympics level it's a different game you suddenly realize the bar is very different when it comes to just say discipline hard work and like what it takes in life sometimes we think we work hard like you look at these guys we are like damn like that's a different life and and so you your bar on what is possible and what is perfection is it i think opens up your mind again um, so i think for me both i think were very beneficial slightly meta points but i think those were i think what fundamentally changed the way at least i think about stuff and then i think some of it i brought it back totally agree with you mukund uh, you know especially when you're in a room with people who have you know different world views come from different cultures different religions it just makes you think that you know uh, really there's no there's no there's no right or wrong to a certain level like there's so many different possibilities in you know in the way how you think about things um you know look india is of course becoming very competitive as well and you can't just move back to india and just say you know you graduated from harvard stanford or you work here for a little bit uh what's something that you know uh india born us train should optimize on it could be skills it could be experiences that would be valuable in india you think yeah that's a tough question shiva i think honestly speaking it, it's not going to be that straightforward but let's let's take a stab at least couple of things which might be helpful um one is i think product talent in india is is scarce right because we still uh we, we've still had only few companies built and so that muscle is still getting built rest of the talent i think have moved from other domains here uh but so overall i think if you get so again same as making the choice that i would say choosing some of these larger decisions might be more important than specific skills so i think any experience in product 
I think would be largely valuable. I can see that how, especially like, I think US has a lot more nuance on how do you build products and especially, and I think that, that I think that skill is still very, very valued uh, when I look at uh, Indian companies. Um, even on the business, and even on the other sides, right, whether it's business or marketing, uh, I think the more you've been hands-on and actually have built stuff, I think that's easily translatable. So if you can get jobs there as well or do gigs, which are a lot more, I would say, hands-on, early stage, mid-stage, have built stuff, I think that's reasonably uh, transferable. Um, I'm not sure working for large organization in US would be directly transferable. So that, I think, is where you, you will need to kind of uh, be more mindful and thoughtful. Uh, so I think just keeping some of these things in mind, which is just try, if you have a choice, something slightly more younger, if in product possibly, or just like doing actual build, because some of the same tools we use today here, it's not like the marketing channels are very different in India today compared to the US. So a lot of these things are actually converging. So if you're able to actually do more hands-on stuff, I think that really helps. Let's get to know you at a deeper level. Uh, a favorite failure of yours, or in, in other words, uh, you know, in the moment it was a failure, but hindsight, it was probably one of the best things that happened to you. I mean, there are too many. Uh, I, I think at a meta level, I think uh, I, I think just leaving Zomato was a fairly large, uh, I, I think, uh, misstep in life. But I think uh, I, I think I did learn a lot, uh, and, and from that experience. Uh, so yeah, I think I, yeah, there are many of them, but I think that always ranks. Uh, as one where I think, uh, yeah, it, it could have gone a long way. Uh, I, I think that that mm-hmm. I think would surely be the uh, number one in the list at this point. You said leaving Zomato was a big misstep in life, but you learned a lot from it. Uh, Mukun, would love for you to expand on that. Yeah, sure. So I, th- I think the two broad learnings for me, I, if I look at it in hindsight, um, one and the foremost is, I think, me and I'm sure a lot of us uh, blame a lot of things to heat of the moment, and 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 I think uh, anger kind of takes over a lot of the decision making at times. Uh, so I think one was, I think, it took a lot of time for me to just sit back and understand what happened, and and I think first and foremost was just taking accountability for what happened and how how things. Uh, happen and I think that that I think is important in life um, and I think for after that I think I've been a lot more thoughtful about h- how do you have good conversations I think some of us I think or at least I used to be more of the view that it's not it doesn't matter how it's being said what is being said is more important but I think uh, I mean I, I am sure if someone did that to me I'm surely going to say uh, the other way so I, I think that was a good mm-hmm. learning for me saying it's important to kind of have good communication and 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 be vulnerable and and be truthful, right? So I think that was and and I think over time that has really helped me calm down a bit. I, I'm sure my team would not still agree that <laughs> I don't lose my shit often, but I think overall I think I, I'm surely a lot more calmer um, and a lot more thoughtful after that period. And I think some small things. I mean, I, I, though I'm not very good at it, I've started to meditate once in a while. Uh, I, I look back a lot more. I write journal. So I think just just being a little more introspective, I think, has surely helped and 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 made me a lot more calm. I think that's that's one key thing uh, which I learned from that. And second one is I think 
I th- used to take myself way too seriously. I think I think that that was the root of oh, I think a lot of those issues. I think uh, ego at le- some level is very helpful, but I think at some point it trips over, uh, and you never know where it is uh, at any moment. Uh, you need to be very cautious. Uh, so I think that's again one deeper learning, which is just don't take yourself too seriously. I mean, nothing is permanent. I think it's important to like put things in perspective and 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 just have fun and 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 be in the moment. So I think. Both, I think they seem, sound a little meta, but I think those are the more important learnings, right? Where they change you as a person. So I think the two things, hopefully I'm more calmer these days and a little less uh, serious. I think that's 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 what it came, that's what came out of that episode. Thanks, Mukund. Uh, thanks for sharing this. This is very, very powerful. Being vulnerable and, and being open uh, for a conversation. These two things are super powerful. What's what's the what was the turning point in your life, uh, Mukund? I think many man. <laughs> could be one. It doesn't have to be one. I would say. Yeah, I I think uh, so. I think joining ITC. I think still when I look back, I think that was a big decision. Uh, I, I think uh, I was a computer science engineer. I'm not sure a lot of people know, but I was never. I think I, I didn't have fun coding. I, I'm not a guy who can sit by myself and work all night. Um, so I, I think I, and and IDC was a manufacturing job. I mean, I, I was a plant engineer in like a plant. So it was like the most hardcore stuff you could do at that point in time. That really kind of manned me up early. I mean, at age of 21 or 22, I think I was the engineer for a plant, which would have been maybe a couple of hundred crores. Uh, new one, have a team of 30 odd people who are average age is like 45, 50. Uh, and you have to make things happen. Uh, that I think is a different level of pressure. and uh, I, I think uh, different level of pressure for sure, like a 24 by 7 plot. So I think that mm-hmm. really got me ready for like the discipline needed and the work ethic. I think I learned all of that from that state uh, for sure. Uh, and I think the second turning point was getting into like, the startup space seven, eight years back. I think to a lot, I think my timing really helped. I think I got lucky quite a bit in terms of the time I managed to jump in. Um, and I think I've never looked back. I think I've. I think there has not been a time in the last seven years I've not had fun, which is I think very very important for me. Like I don't like to do things which drag. Um, and I think that's really helped because every day, yes, there are frustrating days. There are like days where you have a lot of ups and downs. But I've never felt like I'm not giving it hundred percent or I'm not having fun, which I think has been super good. That I think has helped me because just keep at it, and then the compounding is just played out. Um, so yeah, these two points I think were reasonably good decisions, which I think in hindsight changed the trajectory. If you look back, Hamakund, you know uh, you went into the meeting with Dipinder. You you had no intention of joining Zomato. What really made you uh, join Zomato? What happened there? So I think firstly I, I used to do a lot of due diligence when I was at BCD. So I at that time due diligence was all on just tech companies, right? Like should you invest and all of this and and then I was seeing all the numbers, right? especially when you look at comparables from China like or in the US, and you see all these crazy trajectories, like which is what we should have talked earlier, like the compounding people don't, or I couldn't understand, like till I saw those numbers. And I was like, damn, like I don't know which of these guys are going to be big, but many of these guys are going to be remarkably big, say, eight to 10 years from now. So that was exceptionally clear in my head, saying that you're playing odds to your favor to some extent, for sure. Um, and, and so going into Zomato, I already, I already knew that it's going to possibly be big. So I was trying to understand what are the what's the map they're playing in, and, and is that scope possible? 
And I think that's the time where I think Zomato was trying to go international. They were trying to get into food delivery. And then, I mean, I think I just heard Dipinder. And I think he's an amazing storyteller, to be honest. Uh, I think I just got floored like, in half an hour. I was like, damn, this this is going to be big. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's not. It, I think at that time, I assumed everything will happen in two years. It took a long time uh, in life. I think we underestimate sometimes how, how much effort goes into making some of these happen. But I think just the scope and magnitude of, of, of the goal, I think, just... Like enamored me to be honest, um, and it was as simple as that. I was like, okay, this, this seems like a large enough uh, problem, so it, it's good to dive in. You found the rocket ship and hopped in. Uh, a book, or you know, it could be one to three books that you think uh, changed the way you think about things. I think two of them. I think they're all underrated books, so I'm not going to talk about the books which all of us know. Um, I think one is. Thinking in Systems, it's it's by a lady called Dolelo Meadows. Um, I think I, I got actually introduced to it through Ashish Goel, who's a good friend of mine. It started as an article. I think he studied in Stanford when he was in school. Um, it, it really, I mean, earlier in the conversation, we were talking about outcomes versus inputs. That book is all about inputs. How do you really set things up such that it actually happens? Uh, because I, I was otherwise a hustler. I mean, for, for most of my years at Zomato, I was a hustler. I was not really trying to think in systems or like try to build capabilities so that uh, it, it actually makes the flywheel faster. Um, I think at UC, I've, I think that art, that book really changed the way I think about things uh, in terms of where to start focusing, what are the things to start emphasizing. Simple thing. I mean, at Zomato, I did not spend a lot of time like in hiring, in, in coaching, and just putting a great team in place. A lot of it was happenstance and organic. I just assumed somebody will do this for me. Um, I think I realized, for instance, that's the biggest input you can control in any startup. I mean, the date limiter always is not money or other things, right? It's just having great people in your team who can run things independently. Otherwise, you become the bottleneck. Uh, so some of these fundamentals, I think, in my head switched when you realize where is the leverage and, and what are the things I should be doing, ideally, rather than like just doing whatever I think is the right thing to do. Uh, so it put a lot of method to madness. It's a very dense book to read, uh, but I think it's a good skimming book. Uh, and it changes the way you look at the world. Uh, so that, I think, for sure would be my number one. Number two is, I think, a little more philosophical. It's called The Courage to be Disliked. It's actually a Japanese book which got, uh, I think, translated in English. But I think the philosophy is actually from Europe. Uh, yeah, I think that book kind of takes the fear of failure and, and the need for high levels of insecurity. I think I did have a fair high levels of insecurity, I think. Uh, I think I'm still continuing to have a uh, but it's just, I think there's a lot of things we do to please others. I think there's, there's a reasonable level of um, thought in this book, which talks about how do you kind of keep that out and actually be more authentic uh, and still be nice. It's not like be a jerk, but, but how do you be authentic and not get into the craziness of being light? I think that's, that I think is important distinction. Um, and I think, so these two books have, at least in the last five to 10 years, changed the way I look at life, not just work. I think uh, that I think these two I would highly recommend for folks at any any age. I think they're both slightly dense books, uh, but but they're good weekend reads. Ashish uh, is awesome. By the way, I don't know if you remember he introduced us uh, initially uh, a year he, back or so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's introduced me to so many things in life. To be honest, <laughs> I, I think I was this left brain kid who thought everything in life is deterministic. I think Ashish is the exact. Not exact, but I think he thinks very, very uh, non-linear. Um, yeah, so I think, I think a lot of things I think he's shaped in, the, in my thinking in the last few years. Um, 
yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's had a lot of influence, honestly speaking. People know you for, you know, Zomato now at UC. Uh, what do your friends know you for? Yeah, I, I think two things. One, I'm a health freak, which annoys the crap out of everyone because I force everyone to either do something or get the diet in control. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love. So, for instance, I used to run a Frisbee league uh, for a long time, uh, for the last five, six years. Uh, I, I've, I'm an avid crossfitter. I will push everybody in my uh, friend circle to like just get a little fitter. And I think that annoys the crap out of people. Uh, but I think it has hopefully... Uh, at least inspired a few to kind of uh, keep a good health. I, because I do think we take health for granted and I've seen a few scares and I think it, it, you, you better be ready before it hits you. Uh, so I think that's one thing I think people know me for. Second is I, I'm a stickler for time. People get annoyed. Like if, especially when I came to Delhi and I didn't realize Delhi's culture. Uh, so if people call me home at 7, I land at 7. And they'll be like, what? Like, we thought you would come at 8.30. <laughs> so, so I think some of the uh, the time uh, behavior has never changed. My grandfather used to hate if I'm a minute late as well. Uh, so, yes, I will land up even if it's a personal commitment five minutes early. Uh, and, and that annoys the crap out of my wife, for instance, because I will nag her to say, get ready. Uh, and that's the same with every one of my friends. I was in Goa like earlier this year, uh, chilling out. And I was still pu- pushing people to like be on time. And at some point, somebody told me, dude, like, come on, it's the holiday. Can you please relax? Uh, so, yeah. I think those are my two quirks. Awesome. Uh, finally, uh, what keeps you going, Mukund? I think we touched it earlier. I think having fun, man. Honestly speaking, uh, I, I think as I've grown older, I think I've realized you shouldn't take life too seriously. Uh, I think it's reasonably short in grand scheme of things. Uh, there's not a lot you can honestly control. If you go to have fun every day, I think it's worth it. Uh, so optimizing too much for like, I will do this, save this and then have fun 10 years from now. I think I used to do that 10 years back. Now I've stopped uh, because I think the 10 years from now keeps getting down the road. And and as soon at some point, I don't know, the 10 years is not going to be there. Uh, so I, I think just being, it's not like being morbid and saying death is eventual. I think that's, 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 I think, giving up to some extent. I think this is more like saying, it's short, let's have fun. And don't do things which you're not super like happy about or like not happy about. Like go fix it. Uh, no point cribbing about it. So uh, I, I strongly believe in that. So like have fun. Do what what you like. Uh, you don't need to please the world. And 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 then and I think that usually compounds because if you're going to like what you do and you're enjoying, usually you will go deep. You will learn. Uh, you'll get good at it. Um, and if you're not doing it for the world, then I think you're also not going to be having very high expectations. So low expectations are always good. Can totally agree with that. In fact, I, I struggle with this a lot. The part where you said, you know, I'll, I'll do this and then, uh, you know, let me do this first and then I'll, I'll do that. But, you know, the reality is just go do it. Uh, you just never know. Uh, Mukund, thank you so much for, for doing this, uh, telling us about your, you know, your journey, your, your background, uh, you know, and, and how you move back and what you've been doing. And, and, you know, in my view, you know, you're one of those guys who, who, you know, who, who's really good at, you know, scaling companies from, you know, uh, series A forward and just, uh, you know, putting things in place and, uh, and, and you've been doing a great stuff. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, 